Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. What's up, buddy? Oh, <laughs> getting a little presumptive, aren't you? What's up, man? How you doing? Buddy, this is a business partnership. For End of story. For 20-plus years now, it's just all been business. It was all about the long game, getting to the rented garage and uh, making that guap. Well, it was all worth it because uh, we're killing it right now, killing it in life. We got the best Patreones in the game. Thank They're you. doing really well. They are. And, 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 you know, mostly that's because of us and the great work we're doing. Right. And, and people are no, really... No, we, we, we're lifting them up with our amazing work. What's the, what's the saying? It's... Uh, a big boat raises all the tides, and then all the other tides follow. It's oh, I thought like I thought it was like there's only one set of footsteps because we're carrying you. Oh yeah, I don't Jesus really know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that one so well. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously. more in like your realm. Yes, I'm a devout Christian, so yes, I can tell you. <laughs> you can tell me everything footprint related. Yes, um, yes. This is a throwback podcast, and Bob, you're feeling good. You just booked some work there. Yeah, I'm in like a really good place, Dan. You're in the hot place. It's been a while. It's been a while since you got I've been laid in last weekend. You shared that with uh, my wife and I during Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, yeah, it was a, a lovely drinks. Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I booked a fun gig that's going to take me to New York, so I'll be there for Let's a couple. Talk more about you fucking your wife. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody wants to hear about that. But I'll be back in New York for a couple of weeks. So I get to see friends and shoot that's some good. stuff there. Work with some really fun people. And I actually had one of those days yesterday where everything went right. It's been a while since that's mm. happened. Like, woke up. Like we've been talking about taking the kids to Disneyland, but it's expensive and we can't really afford it and sure. I told Heather I was like hey hit up your friend who works for uh Disney to see if she has any extra tickets and then her friend got back and was like yeah here's some free tickets to Disneyland wow there so you go so it was like That's boom start the day then had a great meeting like businessy meeting then got the call that I got this gig in New York so that was really cool then I went home picked up my son from daycare little guy Nicholas Lost his virginity. Bang the girl. No, horrible. As I was, uh, we got home, as I was urinating, Nicholas came into the bathroom and said, wow, daddy, you have a big penis. So that was like the perfect capper to the day. Right. It was like, everything's working out well for me. So he's got to get glasses. That's the takeaway there? Because he's nearsighted because of my gigantic (laughs) penis. I don't know. But uh, So it wasn't that far off. You you, you called it a hideous comment to say that maybe, maybe he's screwed. Uh, but you're saying he was actually instead looking at your genitals. Yeah, your kids have never looked at your genitals. What kind of Christian household do you live in? Are you just they hiding? I take a peek, but it's, you know, I'm not like you know hanging them out to dry. I'm you know hanging it out to dry. The old. Uh, How do you pee then? What do, you, do you pee through your pants? I'm not. I'm not like taking the kielbasa out, Bob. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you're urinating, but it's probably just making a mess in your place. Like all guys, I sit on the bowl and push it down as <laughs> okay. far as possible. Got it. And then urinate. Oh. That's what you do, right? Well, we could talk about this after the podcast. Okay. Um, well, congratulations, Bob. That's Thank good. Thank you. Great uh, move. As I've said, Bob, before, you are a hustler. Got to hustle. In the highest, and it's a compliment I pay you, especially in the industry you work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very up and down. So it's, you know... Low lows, high highs. I don't care. So, all right. <laughs> Today's episode is a, uh, a a listener's choice or Patreoni choice. What is the branding on this? Uh, well, well, like most of our uh, segments, we never really think it through. 
<laughs> so there, I don't think there is a name for it. Let's say uh, v- listener poll. Listener poll. <laughs> Patreon.com slash throwback pod. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, you could give as little as two bucks a month, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine, but also a little embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Uh, all the way up to a lot. A lot. Uh, which some people have done, which I don't advise because this is, you know, it's like a B to B minus podcast. But if you give uh, just a little bit, a little bit, it helps us a lot. So thank you to all the Patronis. And if you do hit a certain tier, you get to vote. Uh, and uh, when we put up a poll mm-hmm. and we give you four choices. And this week, the four choices were, Bob. Well, we did it in October. We did the poll. Uh, it was called Trick or Tweet. Nicely done, Bob. You like that because it's October. Thank you. That's before you got this job, right? Yeah, that was so when I had a lot, a lot of time on coming my up hands. with. Yeah, <laughs> I've been very active on the uh, the Twitter and stuff. I've had nothing. Going I've been getting a lot of texts from Bob, like in the middle of work days, like we got to do this for the pod, we got to do this for the show. I'm like, I hope this motherfucker gets a job. Yeah, no, it's been really sad, guys. Uh, but so now we, he's cooking. Bob's in his prime. We went on Twitter and we asked uh, Twitter to throw us some suggestions. And then we picked a few of those. Oh, that's right. And we threw it to our Patreonis to pick. So here were the choices. The Offspring Smash, Goo Goo Dolls Dizzy Up the Girl, Stone Temple Pilots Purple, The Verve Urban Hymns, and Beck's Odelay. Interesting. Um, let me just think what I would have picked. Because obviously Smash won. Uh, I probably, just because I'd like to check in and see what was going on with everyone's favorite trio from Buffalo... I would have hit up uh, Dizzy Up the Girl personally. Well, maybe you should be a uh, Patreone for this podcast, Dan. Maybe you should put some of your money into this thing. Fuck no. Uh, Dizzy up, podcast. Dizzy Up the Girl, B minus. Dizzy Up the Girl came in second. Uh, the Verve, Urban Hymns came in third. Distant second or was it close? No, it was pretty close. Offspring, Offspring on, garnered 30%. Dizzy got 23%. At 21%, we had The Verve. At 14%, Purple. And a sad 11% for Bex Odelay. Can I just say, um, as a 50% shareholder of this podcast, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to do a Beck podcast. I have zero... Really? I have zero opinions on the man. And I like some of his songs, but I've never truly um, ever had a moment where I was like, God, I need to listen to Beck right now. We got uh, an email. I did, I, So I checked the email. I know that you've been telling people to send horrific uh tales of childhood, tales of childhood yeah. traumas to me and i did check it and it was just gruesome there was a lot of oh boy. a lot of people went through a lot of shit yeah. but um we had a fan in scotland who emailed us while drunk and uh, all our listeners are drunk i, I would hope so most of the time. and especially in scotland especially he, the ones that give us money and he told us that uh you know he had recently gone through a breakup and he asked if we had any recommendations for this breakup and my immediate knee-jerk reaction, which is what I emailed back, because again, mm. nothing going on. Going All this. I'm doing is respond. Beck's Sea Change yep. is an incredible breakup album, it's and I would, like I would love to do that. Great album to like kill yourself to. Sleep or screw. It is. Uh, you know what? I gotta say, uh, a, a girlfriend once gave me a post-breakup mix, and oh no, it was pre-breakup. But it was the last mix she made for me before we broke up. And track three was Lost Cause by Beck. And I never put it together until after we broke up. <laughs> that she hung it as the centerpiece track on her mix to me. Maybe, maybe I should find that mix and we should uh, go down memory lane with it. Maybe that's why you are avoiding Beck so much is because there's just like a bad really feelings about it. Bad that is feeling. a beautiful little ballad, though. Uh, Lost Cause. Uh, that's that's a standout Beck track. But that finished fourth. And Smash won by, by Offspring. Or is it The Offspring? 
Uh, the offspring. Did we ever settle on that as a Never has, as, as a people. We decided not to really pay attention to that. Okay. But hold on. Before we talk about that. Um, what else was think, going on? No. Do you think uh, Beck will end up on your sleep sex mix? It's a sleepy sex mix song. <laughs> yes. song thank you to joe our buddy joe 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 shouts to joe amazing sent us that song i've been waiting my new favorite song i've been waiting for you to talk about your sleep sex mix for a while and it was the perfect time it's like if and if if you're new to the show um i had something in my college days called the slowdown mix it was either a, a hard disc cd or maybe on my real jukebox player and uh it was something that i would put on on the desktop computer uh, when it was time to make hay with the girlfriend. <laughs> make hay. And uh, that means screw. Mm. And then after the screwing um, concluded, you know, a lot of people have like a, a sex mix. Like, oh, now I got to get up and change it to the sleep mix. No, 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 no. <laughs> the sex mix is the sleep mix. It was mix. very practical. The sleep mix. And uh, and there was no, it wasn't like there was, if you studied the track listing, it wasn't like it was the first half was really like hyper and that, no, everything was the same, low key and Lost Cause might have been on one uh, now that I think about it. But that song itself would have fit in perfectly on the yeah. Sleep Sex Mix. Well, you know what? Good job, Joe. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was a truly beautiful piece of work. I think we got to play out the show with that, by the way. Let's, uh, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's get into uh, Smash. All right. Do you want to... Uh, Render. Well, actually, no. What when did it come out? It was uh, it was in. Well, yeah. Do you want to render a guess as to when it came out? I'm pretty sure it was '94. Correct. I'll say June, April. Mm. So same difference. It was actually the same month. It's not as... the same difference. Why would you say that? What in... April is April and June is June. In retrospect, just when a we think, pointless comment. When we think back to our lives, are you really separating those two months from? 20... Well, I, my birthday is in April, so I view it differently than June. Well, mine isn't. So go fuck yourself. Who All cares? Right. April 8th, 1994. Are we going to talk about Kurt Cobain killing himself again? Same month as Park Life. (laughs) So we obviously got into this in the past. Kurt Cobain killed himself. Enough with the Cobain death. You know what we haven't talked about, though? Uh, I dug a little deeper because I I realized that. Uh, And you were unemployed at the time. So unemployed, guys. (laughs) I've had nothing going on. Um, Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley got divorced that month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Bad news for you. The Billy Joel station on uh, Sirius has just dominated my life. I'm back all in on Billy Joel. Well, it's not bad news for me because I'm not in the car with you. But if I were in the car, it would be very <laughs> no, bad No, but I think it's going to seep into my everyday life. And I'm just going to be like talking a little more like Billy Joel and referencing him a little more. So I'm sorry, but it's going to happen. Billy Joel, I will always give him credit for screwing Christy Brinkley. I will give him that. He couldn't hold it down. And he should have because... Brinkley, in 94, he probably was thinking to himself, I'm going to get out now because she's probably about 42 at that point. Right. 
Brinkley had another 20 years of prime in her. Still gorgeous. And, and, uh, well, and, and, <laughs> and if he would have known that, he probably would have stayed with her, I would have thought. But, uh, and who's he with now? Nobody's alone. I'm just right. guessing. Just leave him alone, man. He's mm. doing all right. And it's a great, serious station. Uh, movies that came out that month, a lot of good movies, Dan, but no movie more important than this one. I hate Mrs. Ackerman. I hate her too. I hate her guts. <laughs> you know, somebody oh, ought to, to kill, kill her. her. Yeah. yeah. Give her a... Give her a... Happy, happy face. face. And then recycle her. <laughs> As they drink from their little, like, uh, hotel room uh, whiskey bottles. I don't care how many albums we do in April. I will play a Serial Mom clip every single time. Oh, yeah. You, you did Pussy Willow, Dottie, yeah, last exactly. time. exactly. Uh, yeah, the great John Waters and the greatest movie of the 90s, Serial Mom. Please, go see it. I don't even know if it's streaming anywhere because it is a little bit of a bizarre movie. Yeah. And I don't know, I wouldn't say it hasn't aged well, but it's just, it, it exists on its own planet. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah, it's not something anybody is referencing outside of this podcast that starts with Corky Romano and then talks about Serial Mom. That's true. I like that we are keeping... Chris Kattan's career alive. <laughs> he does list us on IMDb now as like most recent credit. Also, who else? We um, Faustino, David Faustino. We're keeping his career alive. You know, Boy Tinsley. You know what? In all of my free time being unemployed, have not dug deeper into the David Faustino libel uh, account that we're dealing with right now. What about his rap career? Did you look into that? Haven't done that either. What about his underage nightclub that he launched in Los Angeles in the early nineties? I'm out on all things Faustino. I feel like that's your corner. Plug I don't. In, I don't. I don't want to. To kind of step into your corner. That's your world. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Dan, what was the number one I album in America you. when Smash came out? Bob, it was, and you could tell by that iconic keyboard line from Swedish Nazis? Mm-mm. Ace of Bass? That was number one, but weren't they the Nazis? Uh, see so your mm, no, Bob. I think we had a bit of a Nazi invasion oh. in the nineties. Uh, there was remember an Ace of Bass. This is Ace of Bass, right? There was the super, super foxy blonde. Yeah. And then if if blonde's not your flavor, you had the brunette that was fine. She was fine. Mm-hmm. Like a seven. And then there was a third person who. I believe it was later revealed. And once again, we need to do some more research. <laughs> it was a man, a very extreme looking German like man. Uh-huh. I believe it was later revealed that he had some ties to a neo-Nazi faction. Does that ring any bells? It does ring a bell. I'm going to Google Ace of Base and Nazi and see what happens. All right. Hopefully it works out better than the Faustino Google search. I see. Well, Faustino scrubbed that shit. This does ring a bell. Chumbawamba, uh, they were anarchists, and I think there might have been a little Nazi, uh, little Nazi in there, a little like a, a, a dash of Nazi. In oh boy, nailed this one, Bob. Good, good. A 2013 right. article, Vice.com. Ace of Bases secret Nazi past. Nice. All right. Anything about Faustino in there? I'll have to dig in. <laughs> uh, and then some other headlines. From October 2015, a Cracked.com article headline, How a Pop Band Tricked 9 Million Americans into Being Nazis. And finally, and here's the smoking gun, at least from headlines, E! Online Entertainment Network, which oh, is, yeah. that's basically the New York Times. 
Ace of Bases, Ulf Ekberg. Clearly a Nazi. Speaks out, speaks out about alleged past Nazi ties. Do you want to hear what Ulf had to say? Who doesn't have past Nazi ties? I'm talking about present Nazi ties. You want to, you want to hear what Ulf said? Of course. Let's see. Ulf had this to say. Uh, he admits that he's regretful about, quote, some of my thoughts from those days, which he calls, quote, nauseating. He's kind of admitting it. He insists that the band in question, oh, he's in a band called Commit Suicide. That's nice. Uh, did not write the controversial song supposedly attributed uh, to them, which popped up in a demo tape, blah, 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 blah. So apparently he was in a band that was kind of a neo-Nazi skinhead music outfit. So there you go. But, like, who wasn't, you know? Like, everybody's, like, 15 at some point, and you're just, like... One day you're just kind of walking home from school, holding your trapper keepers, and then you're in like a Nazi band. It, just it happens. Ha- happens to everybody. It's happened to everybody at least once. And since we brought up Ulf, and he should have a voice to uh, defend himself, let's hear from the man himself. <laughs> I wish I could scream out loud. It's my favorite part of the song, too. I wish I could say to you, don't go. As a This is uh, that's exactly what Christoph Waltz says when he's walking around in the beginning of Inglorious Bastards looking for the Jews. Oh yeah, on yep. the floorboards. Under the, yep, that's it. That he's was... like, don't turn around. <laughs> <laughs> it was all that she wants. <laughs> best Ace of Base song, Ben. You think so? Oh no, what do you think is the best? Ace I don't of know. Base? They all just feel like roller rink songs to me. I, I like I like all of them equally. It's time to relax. You know what that means. A glass of wine, your favorite easy chair, and of course, this compact disc playing on your home stereo. So go on and indulge yourself. That's right. Kick off your shoes, put your feet up, lean back and just enjoy the melodies. After all, music soothes even the savage beast. Was that all? <laughs> that was um, what was the name of the guitar player Bugsy in this band Noodles Noodles uh, I don't know who that was Bob but that was the opening um, track if you want to call it that Time to Relax uh, which immediately brought back memories Bob wasn't that how we opened um, our side project uh, Numeric Pigeons I cannot believe you're bringing this up on this podcast <laughs> holy shit there's there's been one thing that I thought was kind of the unspoken <laughs> off-limits topic, and you just threw it out there like it was nothing. I think, I mean, I believe the rented garage is a place to be honest, and how oh can we not God, address this it? Is, Wait, this your is move big. was to not mention it unless I mentioned it? I thought it was our move. I thought we were never going to talk about this. What, were we in the, like a neo-Nazi band or something? It wasn't too far off. Do you want to explain to the audience what... Numeric Pigeons was? I'm reeling that you just threw this out there. All right, let's listen to the track two, Nitro, parenthetical, youth en- energy, close parenthetical. Need another beer. This is great, by the way. So if you want, 
I'm all in on nitro. Me too. This would be a great. This is like uh, if you need to get that lat, you got to get up that hill if you're going for a jog yeah. or you want to you want to you know, big a big pop a pump and get a lift in. Mm-hmm. Put on nitro. I loved this album when it came out. I was all in on Green Day and Offspring. Like those were the two punk bands that were like perfectly punk enough for me at the age of 14. Right. That makes total sense. Like I wasn't going to get any. It's not a thing too scary. It's a little hooky, so it's not too dangerous. And uh, it has some, uh, you know, tunefulness to it. Mm -hmm. Like real punk people would call it not actual punk. Sell out. Teenager from the suburbs. It's perfect. It was the right amount of punk for me as a guy who liked Billy Joel and likes Billy Joel again, Dan, this was the perfect <laughs> amount of punk for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I listened to it and I haven't thought about this album in God knows how long. And I haven't heard that song probably since 1996. And it's great. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of fun. I like it. Um, so numeric pigeons, Bob. <sighs> yeah. All right. Here's the cliffs notes. So Bob and I, in eighth grade play, grade, play play some punk music so there's at least like a little. I like the first song so much that I I'm a little afraid to skip over it and and that punk ethos. I feel like it's, the songs are going to be short in nature, but I will put on uh, track three, Bob, and you and you tell me if we if it's okay for background music. It's bad habit. Oh yeah, I think it's perfect background music, and everybody who knows this album knows when we'll have to stop talking for the most important moment, maybe of the entire album. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, in ninth grade, Bob and I decided uh, it was really our first creative project together. Yeah, it was it was basically this podcast, but <laughs> for ninth grade. So we decided, us. what if we took like song, popular songs and songs that we liked um, and essentially gave them the Weird Al treatment? Yeah, I don't think we ever said like we're going to do Weird Al because we were too cool for that. But no. we were like, let's take these songs and write new <laughs> write new lyrics mostly about people we know i think exclusively exclusively about people we know and in our uh, high school class in our high school class and uh record over these songs and record well it. let's make it clear this because we didn't have a studio or anything we would shockingly we, we would have, have a cassette tape recorder and then on a separate recorder uh with a tape deck or a cd player we would play the song and then have it lowered enough where you could hear the melody and the song itself, but then we could sing over the lyrics. Yeah. We would like raise it up. I mean, this is some of the, this is some of the nerdiest, uh, darkest shit that you could ever imagine. And Dan, were you getting laid, uh, around this time in your life? Just out of curiosity. I didn't even know what a woman looked like, like below the neck. Yeah. Not getting laid at this point in life. So we, um, so that's a no, Bob. That was a hard no from myself as well. So we were like, this is fun for us. We would raise the music up during instrumental so you like knew what you were listening oh, to. Yeah, that would be good. And then we would I remember write, Lithium by Nirvana, we really got the bass kick in the We would the write mean girl esque lyrics about people that some of them were our friends. We were bad people. Right. And we would just Or some were people that weren't bad people that we just heard something about. And yep. and uh, there was one person in particular, um, <laughs> we'll call him Carl. But his real name was Ryan. <laughs> and we uh, and it, it was a why song. did we call him Carl in the first place? I don't know. But his his father reportedly or allegedly in high school circle circles was kind of a bodyguard who uh, worked with some rather well-known people, including Dolly Parton. So we wrote like a really mean spirited song about how he was essentially a good looking guy. and We called him a pretty boy. 
and just bury the Wait, guy. Wait, gotta pause you. Turn it up. When I show my piece, complain, see some things I'd feel like I'm God, you stupid, dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker! Mm, that's a lot of angst. So like bad, bad Habit, this is a song about road rage. It's the whole thing is about like, I have a gun in my car. I'm going to shoot you if you cut me off. And then that part, he just swears. And for a 14-year-old, that was the coolest fucking thing in I the like world. That. Yeah, that's That he good. was just yelling that. And I would just like listen to that in my room and like lower it because I didn't want my mom to take the CD away from me. Because <laughs> I was cool. Yeah, that's, it is. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool move by you, Bob. Well, I, I, out of respect for Offspring, I will let's let's pause it and just finish this initial story, Bob. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to blow through the album because I want to hear these songs. Uh, but anyway, so that to give you a flavor. So yeah, we would bury that kid who's a nice guy by all, you know, you know everything we knew about him. But we just thought it would be funnier to make fun of him, right? Or there was a kid who like we hung out with a little bit, and he had very he would use a lot of hair gel in his hair because again we were all fourteen doing anything we could to uh, not stand out and just try to be decent looking as humans. He would use a lot of hair gel. So we, even though he was our friend, uh, made a song called Clay Hair to the tune of Round Here, all about his clay hair. So, And just so the audience knows a sample lyric from Clay Hair, Bob, so they understand exactly what we were doing. Clay hair always stands up straight. Yeah. So that, instead of Round Here... We always stay up late. It would be that. Right. And we would do entire songs. Uh, Bob had a, a, a girl, not in one of our finest moments. No, uh, this is bad. This might actually get me like fired from the gig I just booked. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Green Day song, right? Uh, when, when I Come, I come around, around, that was rewritten as what, Bob? Uh, I, can't, I can't even say it out loud. It's horrifying. Uh, it was right inside the pound because she was a girl, a dog. And, <sighs> and then on top of it, Bob, after we finished our album, our opus, we said, now let's mass produce this, which means make about five copies. Two to five copies. And then sell the tapes yes. to other people in the class that might want to hear it. The original Patreones. <laughs> and we sold, I think we sold one, maybe two. We sold, we sold one to Siobhan Kramer, I believe. <laughs> First and last name. And, uh, and then we were like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yes, because at that point we realized that Anyone in the uh, administration, I was about to say front office, I've been working at the NFL too long. If anyone in the administration got their hands on this tape, we're getting suspended. Right, because we're really just attacking people for no reason. But we, under the guise of comedy. Right. Because I do think, as horrible as this all sounds, we thought we were being funny. No, we, we weren't doing we were it. To, de- we definitely thought. No, we I know. Were yeah, being we weren't funny. doing it to be mean. We weren't right. like we're being assholes. It we're wasn't like, a burn book. Not at all. We're like, oh my god, it would be so funny if we made. We're hilarious. We're obviously hilarious. Let's make hilarious songs about people. Right. Awful idea. And what was the name of the album, Bob? Fuck, I don't remember. I, I almost know the name of the album. Was it Amish and everything after? That's exactly what it was. Okay. Connected to one other, a, a title track. Well, or not a title track, but a. We were the Numeric Pigeons, which was a clear ripoff of Counting Crows. So, oh of course, God. of course, our album would be off August and everything.
I love this song. Uh, is by the way, is that our nine eleven? There are a few things in life that I'm like embarrassed about, <laughs> and this is one of them. I can't believe you just threw it out there tonight. I didn't think it was something. I I would say yes, it's something to be ashamed about, yes. uh, but also it was relatively harmless. It was just kind of dumb teenage. It made no impact at all. Like nobody ever didn't register on the social Richter scale. No, and anybody we insulted, I think it kind of flew under the radar. Nobody even knew what was happening. So I don't think we hurt feelings. Final thought, Bob. I do have the tape. Shut the fuck up. I still have it. No, you don't. Yes. And maybe we will listen to it on this show one day. (laughs) No. All right, so this album, uh, which I'm really enjoying, by the way. Bob. Can we talk about the song before we talk about the album? Uh, no, I want to talk about the song. Okay, Let me good. just set it up. So this was the third single off the album, and it what makes this an enduring album is that the songs that were big on this album absolutely, to this day, have regular airplay. The three yeah. big singles, any modern rock radio station, you will hear these songs every day, which is pretty high compliment. Yeah, and this song, like... To me, like, I know the songs that we'll get to later were huge. And again, like you said, they're still being played on the radio. This, to me, was like the song that took them from punk band that had a couple of songs to like mainstream times 10. Like, this was like everywhere for years, like nonstop play. Until like like, a real punk like me, this was like their sellout song. Interesting. Yeah, because they were by this point, they were a big, big radio band. Yeah. Uh, maybe not like a pop radio band, but not that far off. Right. And uh, here's an interesting fact, Bob. The lyrics refer to the pressure that lead singer Dexter Holland was under to finish the album on time, which, by the way, is a very um, consistent source of like huge hits in pop music history. That's true. Uh, you hear yeah. that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the most notable example I could think of is... Um, when Springsteen delivered Born in the USA, which had like seven top 10 hits on it, the record label said, we need a hit. They sent it back. And the song Dancing in the Dark, You Can't Start a Fire Without a Spark, was about them forcing him to figure out to write another hit, which became his biggest hit. So they were right. So they, they nailed it. Yeah, uh, yeah. They were wrong that there wasn't a hit on the album because there were five or six hits, but or seven hits. But uh, that that is, a, that is one notable example. But you hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the lesson, Bob, is that major labels get it. They, they understand the artistic spirit. Labels, corporations. Yes. They are always right. That's where we stand. That's where this podcast, the angle that we're on, the tip. This podcast brought to you by Home Depot. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Noah's Arcade. <laughs> Basically. Anybody over 37 will get that joke. Anyone beneath that age... He's not listening. <laughs> not listening at all.
Find me a better find me a better song about Donkey Kong. Go. <laughs> Go. I dare you. Uh there is a better song about Donkey Kong. Fuck. Why is are you it, putting me on the spot? Is it a bare naked lady song or something? <laughs> I could Chicken to China, the Chinese <laughs> chicken and a Donkey Kong's playing Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, it's been. Still got it. Uh, this song is called Genocide, and I feel like if you wanted to create a punk album from like 1977 to present, you have to have at least one track called Genocide on the album. 100% of punk bands have had a song called Genocide. It's Here's great. a great. Um, this song's fine. It's not. It's not my bread. It's not where my bread gets buttered. But uh, I get it. Yeah, I think I, I liked it at the time, just because it was like they're saying the words Donkey Kong, but um, it's fine. <laughs> You look a, a mentally retarded person. Well, yeah, I thought you knew that. <laughs> Obviously, I had to be if I was doing numeric pigeons with the album title Amish and everything after because we thought Amish people were funny. Um, mentally challenged, by the way. Yeah, well, I'm going to correct you there. No, no, you said You it. said retarded. No, it's wait, wait, actually wait, wait, wait. mentally challenged. I thought you said it. Uh, here's the fun fact, Bob. My beautiful, simple-minded man. <laughs> uh, Smash has sold over 6 million copies in the U.S., it has sold over 11 million copies worldwide. You want to hear a, a fucking big time nug? According to Wikipedia, it is the best selling indie label album of all time. Wow, that's cool. That's pretty cool. And it beat the Goo Goo Dolls in a Patreoni poll. Well, that's huge too. Right. Is that on Wikipedia? Not yet, but people haven't heard this yet. When when they do, they'll right. definitely plug in. On yeah, that. somebody somebody get that on there. I I am working now, so I can't do it. You're working a lot right now, Bob. <laughs> Everything's coming up booby right now. There we go. Something to believe in, Bubby. Was this a single? No, it was not. Ooh, see this. I remember talking about this song a lot. And like this was, remember our friend Kevin? I do remember Kevin. Of course, Kevin. Uh, I remember he was a big Offspring fan. Talking he was. To, talking to him about this. And this was like a cool, like. I believe Kevin was one of those Offspring fans that thought this album and, and I assume everything after was the sellout pussy shit. Right. I kind of remember that. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I think he liked like Bad Religion and things of that. Well, I, yeah, and you know what? I ended up liking Bad Religion too. This was like my introduction to punk. Cause like I never got into heavy metal. I, like neither did you. We weren't like Metallica fans, or you know, I think I love me some Reload. You do love Reload. Got you sued. Um, we weren't like uh, I think I had one Megadeth CD, but that was just weird. Wasn't that a present or something? It was a it was a gift from Kevin. Yeah, but. Um, I liked you, Kevin. Screwing the hardest I got was uh, from Kevin. Now, Kevin the hardest, take your the hardest, the hardest I got is music-wise was punk music, and it was because these guys and Green Day opened the door for me to start listening to like Rancid and Bad Religion and a couple of other bands in that world. Because mm-hmm. I, I still like it. I still listen to Rancid kind of more than 
uh, it's logical for a 38 year old to listen to, but uh, not Offspring for some reason. You know what? I feel like um, I was just starting to figure out what I liked musically at this era in this stage, 93, 94. Um, if my palette was a little um, or my spectrum was a little broader, I think I really would have been into this type of music. Um, Offspring, Rancid, uh, even Green Day to a certain extent. Uh, but I was still kind of figuring things out. But like I hear this now and this is great music to be 14 years old to as well. Yeah, I it's agree. It's like badass teenager music. Yeah. So is this. Gotta keep them separated. The lead single, Bob, off Smash, is Come Out and Play, also known as Keep Them Separated. It was the first single released by the band since I'll Be Waiting, a release from 1986. These guys have been around a long time. Yeah. And it was a number one modern rock track hit. Let's listen a little more. Shout out to Jed the Fish, Bob, of uh, K-Rock in Los Angeles. He broke this song. Yeah, I mean, Offspring was one of those L.A. bands that you heard about, you know, Sublime and No Doubt. and The Offspring. The Offspring. But, um, fuck, this this song does everything right. Like, of I love course, this, like, surf guitar. Yeah. It's very L.A. It's such a it's a very California vibe mm-hmm. to it. Totally. But I kind of appreciate it now more that I when I live in L.A. I kind of almost understand it a little bit better. I get that. Strangely. Yeah. It's like how when you're down in Long Beach, you have to listen to Sublime. This song makes a little more sense now. I always thought like Tom Petty sounds better mm-hmm. here than Bruce Springsteen sounds better when I'm in New York and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Certain music just connects depending where you are. Offspring is definitely checking that box. And this Plus was that, the, the, that like keep them separated like it's almost like it's almost too easy like when you do that like the way you just kind of drop it and you have that like funny voice keep them separated which they used to less successful effect a few years later well I'm, I would say they used it to even more successful effect because it was a huge song but it was just corny as fuck when they did uh, pretty fly for a white guy this is like the right amount of like just having that little voice in there. And if you're a fan of modern rock or you're listening to modern rock radio and you hear this, it's immediately different than everything else just because of that one little element. Yes. It's a perfect radio song. And there is, I would hazard to guess five different modern rock stations playing the song right now as you listen to it. Yeah. It's, totally. it, it is in constant rotation. It's one of those songs. And it's also, Bob, uh, played on wind instruments in the movie Click. Do you recall that? I know you're a big Click fan. Adam Sandler, the Ikea, some real brand building in that one. I'm the biggest Click fan. It's one of the most emotional movies ever made. 
<laughs> it's a movie that really makes you question the decisions you made in life and the the desire to sort of get to what's mm-hmm. next and mm-hmm. kind of not appreciate what you're living through at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. No movie has ever captured that more mm-hmm. than Adam Sandler and Kate Beckinsale's And flick. the Cranberries. The Cranberries, the one th- the one constant in life, the Cranberries. Uh, right. Kind of makes me want to just kind of stop this podcast and go watch it right now. You go stroke. And stroke. Get a, a jerk in. Um, Young Kate Cassidy. And this comes up often, and he will come up for the second time in this podcast, Bob. We've talked about it. You know a song's big, and it's leaving a cultural imprint when Alphonse Yankovic covers it. <laughs> Do you remember the parody uh, version? You say remember like I have this like bank of memory. Like I don't remember, but I'll guess. Give it a shot. It's a tough one. I think this is in the mid-90s weird. I was kind of scraping the barrel, trying to figure some stuff out. This is mid-90s. I always, I, my first instinct is to always guess something refrigerator related. <laughs> always food, <laughs> it's eating usually, disorder it's of some kind. food. So I'm guessing it has something to do with separating food in the refrigerator. You got to keep it. Separating's involved. You got to. All right, Bob, I'm going to play this Weird Al banger. But before we do that, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Throwback Pod is brought to you by Rowdy Fantasy Football. Yeah. <laughs> because anybody could sponsor us and Rowdy Fantasy Football is like, hey, we're going to be the dudes that are sponsoring the Throwback Pod. Oh, so it's a, it's a particular league, not like a overall venture called Rowdy Football? That's correct. It, okay. is, it is a dude and his friends playing fantasy football. Pettit and Mattis are the guys that said, we want you to just talk shit on our fantasy football league. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, so who, do we, who are we going to shit on? Well, we're, I think a guy named Jimmy came in that last. That guy's a fucking asshole. Wait a minute, not that hardcore. Oh. He came in last place last year, so they got to rename his team and turn it into uh, old pe- slick Jimmy. They call him Jimmy's testicle peanut butter. Ooh. Yeah, burn. it's bad for Jimmy. That's embarrassing. It's not a thing you want to be. But we're playing in fantasy football this week. We are playing this week, and Bob, I, I would love nothing more uh, than to eliminate you from the playoffs. So I'm excited about it. Likewise, by the time people hear this, one of us will be very disappointed, but not as disappointed as Pettit and Mattis is for sponsoring this podcast. You made a mistake. Here it is, Bob. A live staple of the Yankovic catalog. Laundry Day. I don't know if this will make you uh, like Offspring more or hate Offspring, Bob, but Weird Al came up with this, presented it to Offspring, and they rejected it for being too silly. Whoa. Weird Al, undaunted, continued to play it on his live tours, both uh, the Running With Scissors tour and um, whatever bullshit tour was before that. And no offense, Bob. And uh, it's personal. It felt personal. And this is here's the here's the redemption for Offspring, Bob. Weird Al came back to him a few years later uh, with Pretty Fly for a Rabbi. And he got the, <laughs> the old green light. 
That's a, so that's a happy ending. That's a beautiful tale. <laughs> a redemptive tale. Redemptive. <laughs> wow. That makes me feel good. I was, I, I, got the, I got the chills. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how about the idea, Bob, that uh, Weird Al got rejected by Offspring and he had the fucking gonads, the fucking balls to go back to him and say, turn this one down, bitch. <laughs> Offspring was right, by the way. Laundry Day is trash. Bad, fuck bad, fuck bad, you, bad. dude. No, I like that. Got to keep them separated. The, the colors, bad, the bad, cottons. Bad. No, the, Al knew he had a hit on his hands, which is why he still plays alive. Oh yeah, Bobby. Self-esteem. Maybe their biggest hit? I well, it feels to me their like best, their biggest hit. Their best single? Yeah, it feels like the biggest best single. The song was a worldwide hit reaching number 1 in Lithuania, uh, Norway, Sweden, Latvia. Latvia? Yeah, Latvia. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, nominated Bob for the 1995 MTV Europe Music Awards for Best Song. It did not win. And it's the third track on their 2005 Greatest Hits release. That coveted third track listing. It's an incredible song. And it it's one of those modern rock hits that was omnipresent at the time. You get Still playing in seven different cities right now. You got so fucking sick of it because you couldn't avoid it. And it has it doesn't have that sort of like ever uh like like it doesn't have that sound where you can just keep listening to it it gets annoying if you hear it over and over again so it's one of those songs where you just have to avoid it for i don't know 15 years and then when you hear it again you're like oh i like this again that's well said because keep him separated was a monster hit and this song kind of became grating after a while because it was Um, on all the time and yeah he's like whining in it which is I think what makes it what made it a hit and what makes it kind of fun to listen to now, but hearing that over and over again, it's a little too much. Also like a classic song that if you if like your dad was driving you to soccer practice and you were playing K Rock mm-hmm. and you like had turned it up because you just wanted your dad to like be into your music, he might say, What is this crap? What's it, what, why is he whining? What is this? Yeah, I could I, I hear Keith saying that. It, yeah. it is it is that type of song where it kind of was a very specific to its era, the way he's singing, like what he's complaining about, about this woman that won't give him any respect and is treating him like a piece of shit. But he'll keep going back because he has no self-esteem. Right. This was like the prime era of its era is the perfect way to describe this, because this was like the era of I'm a creep. It was the era of I'm a loser, baby. It was cool to be a loser. I have no I'll self-esteem. Get for that. This is what we grew up with. We grew up with like the coolest people in the world saying what losers they were. 
Right. That that defined cool was to be an outcast yeah. rather than be the, be like, like, the football I'm, star. I'm a weirdo. I'm a fucking creep. Well, look I, at I'm popular by not a surf was just like. But that was ironic. That's that, what I mean. It was yeah. embracing like this is the last thing you want to be is one of those people. Right. And, you know, not to uh, not to be like an old man, but I'm going to be an old man. Well, you're almost fucking 40. When so. pop music switched from being this to being oh. hip hop. I mean, hip hop has always been like, I'm the best. When pop music went from being, I'm a loser, I'm a creep, to I'm the coolest fucking, I'm the flyest guy in here. That's a song. Uh, <laughs> when it went to that. You're struggling here. It just switched the entire dynamic of what young people are listening to. Mm. I'm with you. So like we grew up being like, it's cool to be a loser. People born 10 years later grew up being like, oh, it's cool to be cool. So they absolutely have more confidence at 15 than we have. To be flossing. Yeah. They, thank you. They had more confidence <laughs> at 15 than we did. Did they have more confidence? or I feel like we just were they, being I sent really confusing mixed messages. They were messages. being encouraged to have confidence because that's what was cool. We were being told it's cool not to have confidence. But if you were actually a high school kid at that time, you still wanted to be cool. So it was weird for your the art that you were hearing. It was being pumped into your ears was like, everyone that's cool is a piece of shit. Yeah. And to be saying. a loser is to be cool. But you still wanted to be but cool. But you're not really cool because a lot of mixed cool signals. people. Yeah, it was really, it fucked us. Is that why we were that's why not we were quite in the, A-list? That's why we were in the Numeric Pigeons. <laughs> I like that we were in the Numeric Pigeons. I guess Two of the we many were. members that were in the... The best thing about Numeric Pigeons, too, is that we actually... You like you want to say, Bob, that we wrote it off as a, a huge miscalculation on a lot of levels. No. But we did go back into the studio, as it were, <laughs> to record a follow-up. And we had a couple singles lined up, and we just... It kind of just stalled. You can't just quit a cold turkey. Like, when you have, like, uh, when a new hit single comes, you have to go record it. It's kind of like in... Um, when Dirk Diggler and uh, Reed Rothschild <laughs> went into the studio to lay down the tracks, and then they could not get the the master tapes out, and we were that was us. Only there was well, no record company guy being or right. engineer saying no. If you don't pay, it was just us being like, we need to stop. Right, and as my three year old could attest, I'm clearly the Dirk Diggler. So, turn it up, turn it up. You, um, this is the social services knocking on the door right now. <laughs> Uh, confession, Bob, I'm starting to get bored. Can I tell you my problem with punk music now as an adult? It feels like kid this music. This version of punk music. It feels like kid music to me. Pretty much all, yeah, you know, not all punk music. This version of punk music. It feels like kid music to me. Simplistic in terms of the lyrics and I guess the chords. And chord I think, sequences and structure of the song. I don't even think it's that. I just think it's like what they're doing. Like they're making music for teenagers. Which is great when you're a teenager, but when you're an adult, it's hard to relate to this. Right. But could you relate to Killboy Powerhead? See, there's a sameness to the. Well, I hear this and I hear a sameness right. once you get about 10 tracks in, which is where we are. I think my four-year-old wrote this. <laughs>
it's kind of a fun so it is definitely a uh, a song for the youth culture. And I think this was like, uh, I remember seeing like a single to this, even though I don't think it was ever on the radio. I think this was like, a, if you're an Offspring fan, this is one of those songs that you were like, you loved. Is it, I wonder if this is a live staple. Are they still together? I think they are. Yeah, I think they actually just put out a new single. What's Noodles going to do? I mean, is there going to be a Noodles solo album? Probably not. Well, I mean, Dexter Holland clearly has a lot going on. We've talked about him in the past. He remains the most interesting man in the world. Oh, right. We're, when we left, last left off on this topic, what was going on with Dex? Well, all right. Isn't he a genius or something? He is a fucking genius. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to be the Wikipedia guy oh, right Because, like, Rivers Cuomo and him are both, like, these actual, like, super smart dudes that crack the code. Dexter Musical. Holland was the valedictorian of his high school class in 1984. Nerd alert. Old he nerd was, alert. Uh, he described mathematics as... Just as exciting as punk rock. He went to USC. He got a BS in biology and a master's in molecular biology. Fuck. Candidate for a PhD in molecular biology. Fuck. He was a doctoral student at the Laboratory of Viral Oncology. That's how you get screwed. At the Keck School of Medicine. The what school of medicine? Keck. Oh, I like this song. Else. I like this song. This is a good song. Uh, let, okay. me do, let me just keep going. Uh, in March 2013, Ugh. Holland and his co-authors published a paper... Regarding microRNA and HIV genomes titled Identification of Human MicroRNA-like Sequence Embedded Within the Protein-Encoded Genes of the Human Immunofusory Virus. Did he cure magic? He just did. He cured AIDS. Plus, all right, so that's... so he he's got a, the bug out of magic. He's a genius. He also has his own brand of hot sauce named Gringo Bandito. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, he is... Uh, that translates, by the way, to White Devil. He is a licensed pilot, and in 2004, he completed a 10-day solo flight around the fucking world. Don't do that again. That will not work out a second time. He's also an avid collector of stamps from the Isle of Man. Okay, take that out of the Wikipedia. <laughs> Other hobbies include surfing. That, that's cool. It's very California. I mean, and he's a fucking punk rock star. But like, lose, lose the stamp thing. <laughs> no, I like that it's stamps from the Isle of Man. That's so specific. It is hyper-specific, which almost saves it, but not quite. <laughs> Oh, I like this one too, Bob. Yeah, I like this one. This has a little bit of a, so, a sublime type bouncy vibe to it. It's a little it. like poke Yeah. I can't believe Weird Al didn't come after this one. That's By the way, De- Dex- Dexter Holland also, beyond all that, appeared in the 2018 movie The Last Sharknado. It's about time as the British captain. Mm. So he's an actor, too. He does everything. Well, he's probably a guy that just hangs around L.A. and knows everybody. Probably like is yeah. fuck the same girl as Ian Ziering at some point at a party. There is zero chance that him and Ian Ziering have not fucked the same girl. <laughs> For sure. At the same time. We're going Ian Ziering, not Ian. That's where I'm going. All right. This is so alone, Bob. So, yeah, to put a bow on the numeric pigeons, uh, we sold one copy to Siobhan Kramer. 
Um, <laughs> thankfully, she. I don't think she. She obviously didn't um, report us. Didn't our friend Jeanette also have a copy? I feel like we might have sold two. Jeanette might have had, but I don't think she paid for it. Yeah, I think you're right. So I think we made three bucks off it. Sounds about right. Uh, but that probably didn't cover the cost of what we had to buy the old uh, cassettes. Or just the cost of our personal humility. Right. Yeah. But we did recorded um, almost all the album in your childhood bedroom, as yep. I recall. Yep. Yep. Uh, you were probably using devil sticks that, during a lot of the recording. This is probably pre-devil sticks. I don't know about this. I might be. This might be right in the prime of ninety-four. No, pre-Devil Sticks. Uh, and uh, we did record a couple songs, a, a Buddy Holly parody. Like this is after the first album release. What was the Buddy Holly par- parody? I don't of? remember what that one was. I do remember doing it, but I don't remember yeah. what this. And maybe a second was. song that we cut, and then we kind of abandoned the. Project, I will say thankfully. that the one of the uh, one of the many negatives to doing this, aside from the fact that I'm still embarrassed by it right. all these years later. Was it ruined some great songs? Like every time we'll I heard yeah. When I Come Around, I would think about the shitty version of that song that we did. Right. Every time I hear Lithium, I think Luthium. Yeah, because there was a guy named Lou that we decided to make fun of for no reason other than we thought we were funny, but we were really assholes. Yeah, he was a, uh, we, we classified him as a nerd, although we were like right on the bottom of the C list at that point. And uh, it was a song about how he liked chess. Mostly. That's how I recall. So hack. Uh, Yeah, it was a hacky thing that I I possess the tape. I have the master tapes, but I will will use that to take you down one day. I will destroy that tape before (laughs) it ever gets played anywhere. I would say I'm going to make copies, but there's no way to make a copy of a cassette tape in 2018. Yeah, I'm also not not that worried. We'll never figure out. Oh, wait, there's no way to play it. No, actually, my parents and my dad specifically keeps everything. So he probably definitely has several tape recorders still. Okay. I'm going to find it, Bob. You're not going to find it. That's way too much work. This is not the one, the penultimate track. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Last track is Smash. It's almost 11 minutes long, which screams hidden track. Two-minute-long song followed by nine minutes of silence and a 30-second hidden track. This is the rare um, title track that is the final track. The song is called Smash. Oh, I like that. So what ultimately is the legacy of the Numeric Pigeons? Thought you were to talk about the offspring, but no, we were still talking about the We had a rival. We had a um, East Coast, West Coast rival. Deathville. Deathville. Deathville spelled piece of shit outfit. <laughs> He's still Deathville. angry. Deathville spelled D E T H. Death posers. Uh, At least we spelled our shit. By the way, our friend Kevin was a member of Deathville. That's where the divide began. Was that's true? He that's went true. He went and became. Uh, a I think key he member. played pots and pans in Deathville. <laughs> yeah, Deathville. They had their own problems. Death, put it that way. <laughs> Deathville really looked down at us because they played their own instruments, and by that we mean pots and pans and a Casio keyboard. Were we all mentally challenged? <laughs> we were bored. It was 1994. We didn't have the internet. We were just trying to fill up our days. We didn't have anything. We had um, nothing. I'm gonna skip to the hidden track out of curiosity. Yes, kids, there used to be a, a scenario where the final track of the CD, it would go to black, as right, it were. Yeah, here's a hidden track question for you. Did you prefer the ones where the last track was 13 minutes long and you'd have to go to the end, or the ones where 
there would be uh, tracks where there was nothing on them. So you would go from like 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It would just skip ahead, and then all of a sudden you'd be on track like 80, and then a song would play. Option C, cut the bullshit, give me 12 tracks, and let's fly. How could you not like hidden tracks? They were so fun. How often was the hidden track essential? Twice. But it doesn't matter. It was exciting to see that there was one there. I thought you were going to say like, you know, one out of 10, but you literally said the number two. There were two essential hidden tracks. What were they while we're here? We all know. No, nobody knows. (laughs) You don't either. Uh, It was the one on purple. It was the uh, this album, 12 Precious Melodies. That was a great one. That was pretty good. That was a good one. There was one on Nevermind, actually. And then Kid Things by the Counting Crows. (laughs) Off This Desert Life? Yep. Oh, look at this. It's a callback to uh, keep them separated. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, Bob. So, with this as our background, it's time to pick a uh, a track for our Spotify playlist. Can we pick a numeric, numeric pigeons track? If I felt I knew how to uh, transmit it from cassette tape to the internet, we'll, I would. We'll but we're not have, there yet. We'll never have that technology, so we're safe. <laughs> Um, I want to throw this one to you, Bob, because you have more of a connection to the offspring. Uh, so you choose what we will add as the next track. I will give you a heads up because I know some people give a shit. I don't about what was the previous track. It was Designs. No, it was not Designs. No, it was uh, Viva La Vida. Sentence. It was Viva La Vida by The, the Coldplay. Uh, so don't that is the track that I think that's their name. That will uh, the previous track, Bob. Yeah, I don't think that matters. I like listening to things on uh, shuffle. So, um, well, you know what? I'm going to go a little deep on this one. because no, well, Be know, careful here. Don't get too cute. I'm not going to get too cute, but we've talked about how, you know, you can't listen to self-esteem for for years. Yeah. I don't know why you just played the Corky Romano doorbell there. Um, I'm not going to pick Killboy Powerhead, but I don't want to pick one of those three big singles. I want to go with the one that got us excited, one that if it comes on in like a mix, that could be fun. Let's go Nitro Youth Energy. All right. It's fun. Okay. That's fine. You're not into it? No, it's fine. I Is it a little too hard? It gives you a little bit of a cred. Um, pro- I would have went with maybe Gotta Get Away, but that's not that's not my I'm call. kind of sick of Gotta Get Away. Okay. You know what I would go is keep them separated. Come out and play. You sure? If you want to go one of the big three, that's the one I would go with. Audible. Mm. See, it's tough because they were so big. All right, let's stick with Nitro. Okay. There you go. Nitro is the latest addition to the Throwback Podcast playlist, which you could find on Spotify and on Apple Music. And if you, uh, if you want to support the show, as we said, patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Uh, give as little as two dollars, as much as eighty a month. Wait, I kind of want to go with "Gotta Get Away" now. This doesn't feel right. Okay. Yeah, this feels right. Yeah, it does. This feels right. Actually, this sounds good coming after "Viva La Vida." I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. See, it just didn't. It didn't really gel. Also, that bass. Yeah, this is right. Is this that is the noodles right that bass, or is he on the axe? Noodles did everything. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> you don't remember. know. You're just saying you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you want to do this, Bob. Just want to get your Nazi on. Don't do this. You want to do this? <laughs> you ready? All right, let me hear it. Give this guy's redemptive moment. <laughs> 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 All 
It would be fun to sync this up with Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> no, gotta, go, gotta get away. Gotta get away is the right call. Um, I do, I, you know what I really would like to play out the show with, though, Bob? Well, we will. I want to hear the sleep sex mix, Bob. I think after this, after this, we will... Uh, after we hear this, yeah. we'll fade out, okay. and then we'll hit everybody with the sleep sex. Oh, that's beautiful. Again. And then rock everyone either to sleep or to some you know carnal action. Right. That feels right to me. All right, there you go. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at ThrowbackPod. Follow us on Instagram, at ThrowbackPod. If, if your childhood was just a fucking shit show, if, if it's something that's haunting you to this day, and you don't feel like you could talk to anybody, here's Bob. And he's employed now, and that's great. But he still has time to hear your horrific tales of woe. I probably don't have time, and I don't want to know. But um, uh, the throwback pod at Gmail. Hit him up. No, please don't. And uh, we want to thank our Patreones for making this podcast possible, for keeping us going. What is it? Patreon slash throwback pod. Patreon.com slash throwback pod. That's right. And uh, Bob's been drinking. At all these different tiers. I started drinking before the podcast tonight, so that was fun. Uh, but we have people is to Is this thank. still going on? Well, hold on. We have to tell people to go fuck themselves. We haven't done that in forever. And specifically, uh, er- hey, Eric Dunbar, Ben oh. Fowler wants you to go fuck yourself. Oh, Ben wants to tell who? Derek? Eric, to go Eric. fuck himself. Oh, I agree. Yeah, no, he had yeah. it coming. Hey, Robert Corzo, Richard Wallwork, Max Dash, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Just go <laughs> fuck yourselves. Just Those guys, it. if any guys are overdue to hear that. No, it's been long time coming. So thank you guys for supporting our podcast. And to everybody else, go fuck yourself!